It's good to be with you guys. Are y'all happy? <laughs> Distrust your religion if it's grumpy. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I've got a couple of resources back there. Um, and I just invite you to, to take advantage of those, anything that's helpful for you. This is our uh, prophetic activation manual. We use this all over the world. It's uh, 62 different activations to stir up your prophetic gift. It's really just about different ways to hear the voice of God for you and for others and, uh, and to release that in the earth. And so we um, wrote this, and it's just kind of the biblical basis of each way, and then a testimony of some way that I've used that in my life, and then four or five activations for that principle to accelerate that in your life. Who's ready to accelerate the prophetic in their life? And you don't have this book, I'll, I'd, I'd love to share this with you. Yeah? That's awesome. I'm, I'm going to share that with my brother who has a son at Bethel. Yeah, bless you. Yeah, that's cool. Um. Yeah, and uh, I've got a few of the good fight manuals back there. That is, if you've received a bunch of prophetic words, but you don't know what to do with them, other than kind of ooh and ah at them, there is a lot more you can do with that. There's a way you can accelerate those. There's a way you can mobilize those. Uh, you know, usually you're not waiting on heaven. Usually heaven's waiting on you. And uh, knowing what heaven is waiting on is, is really an accelerator as well. And then I've got some flash drives back there. Come on, real quick. You open them by pushing on this little button right here. Okay? Although it doesn't want to open for me right now. Oh, there we go. Okay. So it's a USB drive right there. I've got, uh, I've got four different teachings back there, and I want to just give one of a few of these away. This is called Living on the Right Side of the Cross. And I have to say that for for 20 years, I lived on the wrong side of the cross. I was still saved. I was still born again. But, you know, there's a difference between you getting into heaven and heaven getting into you. There's a big difference. And, uh, you know, I was, I was honoring the Jesus who died for me, but not the Jesus who lived. And uh, coming into a fellowship with the resurrected Jesus is such a transformative thing. And identifying not just with his death, but with his resurrection, his ascension, his glorification, it absolutely changed my life. This is six messages about what the wrong side of the cross looks like and how to get on the right side of the cross, living the resurrected lifestyle, living the ascended lifestyle. So I want to give this to somebody who has lots of sin in their life. Who, who would... <laughs> <laughs> I know they were like there were five or six people that raised their hand like oh I'm like well let's just go straight to the altar call man let's just, let's don't waste any time let's be expeditious here now the way you raised your hand was just really beautiful I got to give it to you man bless you that was awesome cool enjoy that yeah <laughs> I got a couple more back there. Uh, this one is all about the power of creativity. Now, I know that this house has a grace to raise up solutionaries, right? Did I say it right? Solutionaries. I love that. I love that. That word's going to go global, and you'll know that it started here. 
with Drew. He drew that one from the well. And uh, Creative Dominion, uh, I've shared a little bit of this in trips that I was here before, but uh, Creative Dominion is about your creative capacity, expanding your creative capacity. It's about the power to finish what you start. Um, we're seeing some real miracles here in finishing power. And then this is also uh, the first time that I shared the message, Redeeming Time. I just wrote a book called Bending Time, um, where we're, gonna, we're starting to see time miracles, where we could do more in one day than we could do in larger periods of time. And, and I release that grace over you right now. Like you, the book's not out yet, so this is just for you. Come on. <laughs> but the first time I taught this, Redeeming Time is on here as well. But I release time miracles over you. That the reality of living from eternity uh, would, would begin to invade your time management. And you would move from mere managers of time to redeemers of time. And there would be restoration of lost weeks and months and years. There would be seasons that you thought you missed would be restored by the power of God and there would be acceleration on there and interest paid for what you missed. Ha ha. Shabrobande keste. Wow. I'm only staying here for you right now. <laughs> I felt an upward call on that one. Um, and then, uh, and then five risks that you have to take to step in to the dominion, the authority, favor, and influence that's associated with your creativity. I, I love this series. It's one of my favorite series. Um, but let's, um, let's see. I think, I think the power to finish is what I'm kind of hearing right now. Who's in the middle of a project and you are having trouble closing the project? You are having trouble finishing that project. Yeah. This, she's, she's, I know you guys are both so convincing, but this lady right here, yeah, come on up here. Yeah, uh-huh. Natalie, come on. Here, gra grab a hold of this. I'm going to release something over you, not just give you this, all right? Father, thanks for Natalie, and I thank you that you finished everything you started. That that good work you began in us, you are faithful to complete on the day of Christ Jesus. That your dying words was, it is finished. And Father, I thank you that we, uh, that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. So everything that you start, you also finish. And so in an identification with Jesus Christ, I release the power to finish. I release the power of closure. I release the power to know when is enough, <laughs> and just to release in Jesus' name, and I bless you, hallelujah, bless you, bless you. This, this last one I'll give away in a few minutes, because it'll make more sense in a few minutes. Um, we, I don't think we have to take long to be deep, so um, let's just jump right into something. Um, I'm going to share a quick word with you from Scripture, and then I'm going to share a few prophetic insights with you as Gen 1, okay? And then we'll, then we'll see where the Lord goes from there. Um, Ephesians 4, 16 was laid on my heart in the prayer room. <laughs> so this is fresh. <laughs> Probably some assembly required, but, but uh, I'm just going to share a real quick word with you from that. 
But uh, Ephesians 4.16 says, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And I three things dropped into my spirit, and they all begin with a C. Isn't that convenient? Which also begins with C. Whoa. But they are, first of all, communion. Secondly is connection. And thirdly is contribution. And I felt like the acceleration that you're about to see as Gen 1 is based upon these three C's of your divine communion with the Father. Um, first of all, one of the things the enemy always wars against is the sense of connection and family. He's always trying to isolate you because he's a predator. Whenever you feel like you don't belong, whenever you feel like you don't fit in, you know that it's the predator trying to isolate you from the herd. It's not true. It's not real. And this is how you know. Because being connected to the head is how we're all connected. See, it's through your communion with Christ that you are a part of this body. Nothing else. It's through Christ. It's in Him. It's in our communion that we have connection. The connection doesn't depend on anything else. It, it, it's because we're it's because we're communing in Him, because we have a common union in Him. See, we just took communion, which means you are a part of His body. You, you're, you're in. You're already in. You are in the in crowd. You're so in. But it comes through your communion with Him. And this is what I heard in regards to communion. I uh, immediately, Psalm 91 dropped into my spirit, verse 1, and it says, Whoever dwells in the shadow of the Most High, in the shelter of the Most High, will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And I heard the Father saying, I'm looking for shadow dwellers. I'm not looking for people who dwell in the shadows and lurk in the shadows of darkness, but those who dwell in the shadow of the Almighty. And this is what I heard, and I, I want you to listen to this because I don't say this lightly. Because last time I tried to say this, <laughs> I got knocked out. In the <laughs> I got knocked out in a supernatural way. And I don't mean slain in the spirit, I mean knocked out. <laughs> I, I was knocked, I stood up to preach, and I was getting ready to say what I'm saying right now. <laughs> And I haven't tried to say it since then. <laughs> and I got knocked out, and I got knocked so far that my head went back through the kick drum, the bass drum of the drum set. <laughs> and people had come to this conference, and I never came out of it. I, I was there for like 45 minutes, and a whole bunch of people wanted their money back. <laughs> I'm like, it's not my fault, man. I, I got mugged by an angel that was playing rough is what I think happened. But anyway, God's looking for a certain kind of shadow dweller. He's looking for those that will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Communion is the first thing that is essential for our growth and for our acceleration is that 
you have this connection with the Father, but you must commune in that connection with the Father. Okay? Realize that you're not establishing the connection. You're just protecting the connection. You're just uh, realizing the connection. You're just exploring the connection. So that's what we mean by communion, is that you're already connected to the Father, but uh, you need to explore it a little bit. And this is the message for shadow dwellers. Those that dwell under the shadow of the Almighty, this is the dangerous part, is Acts 5, 15, and 16. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. And crowds gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. I feel like the Father is saying that those that dwell in, under the shadow of the Almighty, that you're literally, literally going to see shadow miracles. You're going to see more happen on accident than you did before on purpose. Now realize, I'm not preaching right now. I'm prophesying. There, there is a little bit of difference. And I do both. I preach and I teach. But right now, I'm actually prophesying. I believe that I'm hearing a word specifically for this house. That if you will pursue the, uh, the sweetness of your communion with the Lord, if you'll, com if you'll commit to just being a shadow dweller, and I'm not talking about locking yourself in a room away from everybody. I'm talking about being the room. <laughs> I'm talking about everywhere you go, just being aware of the sweetness of his presence. That's what it is. Like sometimes we think that the, the greatest things in the kingdom of God are top shelf items that we have to keep climbing and striving to reach. But the greatest things in the kingdom of God are bottom shelf items that you just got to bend low and take a hold of. It's by the grace of God. It's by the goodness of God. So I'm not talking about something you need to achieve. I'm talking about something you just lay back into. I'm talking about something you just believe and rest into. Uh, just start enjoying the sweetness of your communion with the Father. And if you live under His shadow, watch what your shadow is about to do. That's what I'm hearing in the Holy Spirit. Do I have any shadow dwellers in the house? Do I have any people that can believe for miracles to happen literally from your shadow? I'm not, I'm not playing here. We're having fun, but we're not playing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to pray over people like, this is what I want you to do. You've been exploring that sweetness of just abiding in the shadow of the Almighty. So this is a, this part is not going to be for everybody, and that's okay. Don't feel bad if you're not there, because that can be the next step for you, is just to press into that sweetness. But some of you have been leaning into that sweetness of the abiding presence of the Lord Jesus. You have been a shadow dweller, and, and you have faith. I believe some of you have even been meditating possibly on this scripture and saying, Father, I want to see that happen. I want to see something like that happen. Or as I'm saying it, like you're like, I believe that. I want that. I'm, I'm going for that. I want those people that have been abiding in that shadow, experiencing that sweetness, um, and are believing for these kind of miracles. I want you to stand. I'm going to pray over you real quick. Wow, that's a, that's a huge number of people. That's, 
kind of shocking. <laughs> I thought it would be a handful. Interesting. All right. I believe you. <clears throat> Holy Spirit, I thank you that what you'll do for one, you'll do for anyone. Lord, what you did for one, you, you will do for everyone. That all who call on the name of the Lord are saved. That those who ask, receive. Those who seek, find. Those who knock, the doors are opened. So here we are, Father, the shadow dwellers. Here we are. We've been dwelling under the shadow of the Almighty. We've been enjoying your presence. And now, Father, we pray that you would make our shadow potent with your presence. Our shadow potent with your power. As we dwell under your shadow, then may our shadow take on your nature. And may Gen 1, the people of Gen 1 and the, and the shadow dwellers that have joined with us tonight, May they literally bring back testimonies of shadow healings and shadow deliverances. Father, we release that grace and that faith in the room right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. All right. And then the, the second area was connection. Okay. First one was communion. Second area is connection. And this is what I heard over that. And, and the phrase can be a little bit trite right now because a lot of people are using the phrase but um but the phrase is this the phrase is uh divine connections strategic connections all right this is a time of divine and strategic connections i think it's really interesting that when the scripture talks about growth here as a body it says the way we grow is through what the joints supply it's through what the connections supply. How many know we're stronger together than we are by ourselves? How many know the wine is in the cluster, not just the individual grape? Listen, this is a time of body life and body ministry like never before. And you need to take the responsibility for connection. You need to take the responsibility for connection. You need to quit standing along the wall like a boy at a junior high dance. <laughs> waiting to be invited into the party. Waiting to be invited into the, like you don't know what to do. You don't know who to connect with. You're feeling awkward. You don't know who your people are. You don't think you can dance. All that kind of stuff. You need to just push that aside and say, I'm connected with the head, therefore I am connected with this body, and I'm going to pursue strategic relationships, and I'm going to take responsibility for being connected. Your next season of growth will be reciprocated by your ability to connect strategically. Your next stage of acceleration is going to be to the degree of your connection. I'm still not preaching, I'm prophesying. No, I'm telling you the truth, that your acceleration for you guys is going to be at the rate of your strategic connection. So every believer in the house that understands what I'm saying needs to take a responsibility and an initiative to connect. Just connect with other people around you. Just connect with people within this body. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. Don't wait to be invited. Don't wait to be asked. Just start connecting. 
Invite somebody out to lunch. Invite somebody out to dinner. Invite someone over for coffee. Pray together. You know, go uh, do something fun together. It, but connect. Those connections are going to be strategic because this is what the scripture says. It says that the joints are what supply the growth. The joints are what supply the growth. It's the coming together where the synergy happens. One can put 1,000 to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. You want to see acceleration? You've got to connect. You've got to synergize. We're waiting for it to happen to us rather than with us. And the growth and the acceleration comes through divine connection and strategic connection. And so start reaching out and make it your goal to connect in this season. Are you with me? You're kind of quiet. I'm having Presbyterian flashbacks right now. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't need your feedback to feel affirmed. I, I, I'm pretty happy in the Lord. I'm pretty, pretty content with that. But I need to know that it's landing. Because I'm here for you, not for me. So I'm not asking for feedback for my benefit. I'm asking for feedback so that I know that you're connecting what, with what I feel the Lord is saying over you. And you know what? If you're not connecting with it, it's okay because you have the power to weigh and judge the word of the Lord. And that's fine too. But I do believe I'm speaking not just a word of God, but a, a word from God, you know, for you specifically this time, this season. Um, so you are going to experience growth and acceleration. You're going to experience synergy to the degree that you pursue connection. So it is really a season for divine connection right now. And the final thing was this, contribution. I uh, have been preaching this now for about a year in particular in regard to a prophetic company in particular. I believe that for about 20 years we've had a consumer view of uh, the prophetic. In other words, we love the prophetic, and so when somebody comes and they call us up and they prophesy over us, man, we love to get in line, you know, and receive a prophetic word. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's awesome. We love prophecy. We love to hear what God is speaking to us through somebody else. That's a beautiful thing, a powerful thing, and I'm in 100% support of it. The only thing is, we can't go to the next level from there. We can't go to the next level with you as a consumer. We can only go to the next level with you as a contributor. And it says here that the body is growing together in love as every part does its part. As every part does its part. So what is this about? It's first about communion. We're going to be shadow dwellers. We're going to dwell in his shadow so our shadow is empowered to make a difference. We're going to pursue divine connections because there's something in the connection that is supplying something to the body. It's supplying synergy. It's supplying acceleration. And so we are going to take responsibility to pursue connection. And then... It is never wrong to be a consumer of what is in this house as long as you're also committed to be a contributor. To be a contributor. First of all, know that you actually have something to contribute. 
that God has given you something to contribute. That's super important. You've got to know that God made you with something for us. And that we're not complete without you. And it's like, well, my little thing, my little thing doesn't feel very significant. My little part doesn't feel, I don't feel like I have anything. I don't have like, feel like I have great gifts or I don't have great wealth or I don't have great communication skills or whatever to offer. I guarantee you got something. Because the Holy Spirit has given everyone grace and gifts. And we need you. We need the part that you bring. I'm not just here as a teacher. I'm here as a student. I'm not just here as a giver. I'm here as a receiver. I feel like I've learned as much from, from Drew this week as he's learned from me. And I'm telling you the truth. I've been inspired by what I've heard him share and, and, and things that he's been speaking into my life. The, the, the next level of acceleration is about not just loving what God is doing as a consumer, but being a contributor to what God is doing. Every person activated. Every person bringing their part of what God has placed upon their life. And so here, the recipe for growth and acceleration in Ephesians 4.16 is first that we're all communing with the head. That we are the shadow dwellers. Secondly, that we're connected with, the, with each other. And through that connection, the body is supplied with something. There is a supply that only comes through connection. It only comes through the joints. And so we all take responsibility for that. And then finally, that each one of us has something to contribute. Each one of us has something to bring to the equation. And I, I refuse to just come to church and to consume what is here through someone else's prayer, through someone else's atmosphere, through someone else's study, through someone else's preparation. I'm going to come and contribute to the atmosphere. Did you know you can lead worship from down here, sometimes even more powerfully than up here, just by what you are bringing to the very atmosphere of worship. I've seen it happen hundreds of times. As a matter of fact, during the, you know, the Toronto blessing in the 90s, I was a worship leader at a, at a church that had service every night for five years. And, um, and so I would lead eight to ten hours of worship at a time. <laughs> you know? But I wasn't really leading worship. I was facilitating the spirit of worship that was on the people. Quit waiting for revival to happen to you and be the revival. Revival is less of an event and more of a lifestyle. So just stir up the gift of God that's within you and start contributing it to the rest of the body. All right? So there's something the Father wants to do. And again, I feel like it's really, really simple, but very, very powerful. And I'm going to leave that with you and then just jump into uh, a prophetic word over the house real quickly. As I was meeting with your leadership team on... Another day. I don't know what today is. Today's Saturday. What day did we meet? We met Friday. That was yesterday? Father God. Hallelujah. 
A day with the Lord is as a thousand years. <laughs> it's been great to be here, but it just feels longer than like 24 hours. Not because it hasn't been good. It's been wonderful. But uh, I was meeting with your team, and as I was praying a closing prayer over the leadership team here, I heard something coming out, out of my mouth, and I recognized it as prophecy. Now, this happens to me a lot, where the first time you hear it is the first time I heard it. <laughs> it's part of being a prophet and an external processor at the same time. It's like, uh, it's, it can be interesting. But um, what I heard is that the way that Bethel had been a prototype for healing in the earth, this is a big word. And the way that Sean Bowles, who's going to be here in a few weeks, shameless commercial, <laughs> love him, he's amazing, they've already sold a thousand tickets, you better get yours. The way that he has been a prototype for the word of knowledge, I heard myself say over you that this house was going to be a prototype for the word of wisdom, the gift of word of wisdom, and it goes along with with Drew's dream of raising up solutionaries. A word of wisdom is oftentimes where you have an answer from heaven in a realm that you have no prior or experience or education in. Now, it's not a license to be ignorant. <laughs> it's not a license to be uneducated or unexperienced. It's just that your education and your experience is not the qualifier for what God wants to do. In other words, word of wisdom is what allowed Noah to build an ocean liner in a desert. How do you build an ocean liner with a crew of three guys in, in the middle of a desert when you've never even seen one? That's called word of wisdom. That's called word of wisdom. It's getting God's plan for things. It's getting ideas for things. It's getting solutions for things. I believe that God is wanting to raise up prototypes for the restoration of all the spiritual gifts. And I believe that this house is one of the places, if not the primary place, where God wants to prototype the restoration of the gift of word of wisdom. And as I was meditating on that a little bit earlier, and honestly, I didn't think of that. That rolled out of my mouth while I was praying for the leadership team. And then I'm like, whoa, that's pretty big, God. You know, I'm hoping you said that and not me. And it, it felt that way. And so I've been meditating on it a little bit. And there's just a, a little bit I'll add to it, and then we're going to close this off. Um, and let, let the leadership here do whatever they want to do. But um, I, I don't believe it's coincidental that your name is, is Gen 1, uh, Generation 1. And I, I was thinking about that, and I felt like there was even a, that Generation 1 in itself is a prototype name. I know that when Drew started this, Gen 1 was about one generation, that we're not a respecter of age. We honor age, but we don't limit by age, that when we talk about the next generation being the most powerful generation in the earth. We're talking about everybody that's alive right now, not just the young people. So everybody here gets to play. 
Everybody here gets to be powerful. Everybody here is invited to be a contributor, to being part of what the Lord is doing in this generation. But I also believe that Gen 1 is literally a prototype name. I believe that Jehovah Sneaky put that in, that Gen 1, <clears throat> you know, that Gen 1 is also, it, it just, it sounds like the first generation of something. It sounds like the beginning of something that will be multiplied in other places. And I feel like even the name itself is a prophetic declaration that something is going to happen here that will be multiplied throughout other places. And I believe it will be based around the restoration and the demonstration of the gift of word of wisdom. Yeah, that's strong, huh? That's really strong. Twenty years ago, I was at a Bible college in Fiji. I was teaching. And uh, some of you heard the story. Um, and the father began to call me to change the sound of worship in nations. Didn't even know what that meant. Didn't know why that was important. Never heard anything like that before. But I had this call from the Lord. And um, I, I, I'm not kidding when I say this. It's funny, but I'm not kidding when I say it. I said, God, how am I going to do that? I don't have money. I don't have connections. Nobody knows my name. They can't even spell it right, you know, that kind of thing. I dropped out of Bible college to play in a rock band. It's like, Lord, you should get somebody like Michael W. Smith. Like, I think he's kind of looking for something to do right now, you know. And, like, everybody knows who he is. You know, Don Moen, everybody knows who he is. They're famous in music. They're educated. They, they have some wealth behind them. They have some connections behind them. I'm like, God, you should choose. And I, I literally suggested several people to the Lord that were much better qualified. And this is what he said. He said, if I, if I use them, then everyone will think that they did it. But if I use you, everybody will know that I did it. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. That's what he said. That's what he said, and it actually relates to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, that not many of you are wise or noble or strong or connected or impressive or any of these kind of things, but God chose the foolish things to confound the wise. When I say that God is going to use you as a prototype in the word, in the restoration of the word of wisdom, several of you were already excusing yourself in your mind. Well, that's talking about Drew, and that's talking about Brady, and that's talking about you know, terror, and that's talking about impressive people. That's not talking about me. That's not true. That's that old disconnection lie. That's that old isolation lie. That goes against everything we just said about communion, about connection, and about contribution. We need a people that are pursuing the word of the Lord together. We need a people that are going after this together. Bill Johnson did not create a cancer-free zone by himself. He sowed that vision into the people, and the people got a hold of it, and they said, what if we could create a place that was a healing that was a healing sanctuary, that was a place that people would travel to be healed, and now, you know, the testimonies are just amazing. But not only that, it's been a restoration of healing gifts 
to the general body of Christ. We've always had healing evangelists, but thank God now we have healing saints. Doesn't mean we have everything figured out. And then I love Sean because he's not just demonstrating the word of knowledge. He's saying, hey, if I can do this, you can do this. He does it like a game show half the time. He's like, hey, I'm getting this. Is there anybody here that, that fits, you know? And sometimes there is and sometimes there isn't. But the words are absolutely amazing. <laughs> I was sitting with this doctor the other day, and he was really mad at Sean Bowles. He said, he gave the bank account number of, of this famous evangelist, uh, number one contributor. And the number one contributor pulled out because he was so mad. Because God wouldn't expose my bank account numbers. And he goes... He goes, why are people doing stuff like that? That's not of God and all that kind of stuff. What's this word of knowledge thing all about? And I said, well, actually, it's to break unbelief and skepticism, but obviously it's not working on you. <laughs> I said, listen, if there's a real problem, I have Sean's number right here. I will call him. And he will make it right. If he offended somebody, he would want to know. And he would call them and he would make it right. If it hurt somebody's ministry, he would want to know. I'll call him right now and we'll make that right. And this guy starts backing down. It's like, listen, Sean is releasing a grace. He's demonstrating, but he's also equipping. And he's releasing a grace for all of us to have word of knowledge gift restored in our life. And we're functioning at a higher level as the church universal. We're functioning at a higher level than ever in history. More people are flowing in word of knowledge. More people are flowing in prophecy. More people are flowing in healing right now on the earth than any time in history. And your part, I believe, is the restoration of the word of wisdom as solutionaries. And to be a prototype of a whole people group that would be pursuing the word of wisdom, and, and manifesting it in all the spheres of society. And everybody gets to play. Everybody gets to contribute because we're all connected through our communion with the Father and our mission as a first generation of something that the Lord wants to do. Gen 1. God had in his heart that you would be a prototype. Your mission, if you choose to accept it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.